Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershiro, and today I have with me a guest by the name of Shelby Holtzman, and she is the founder and designer of Forest Dwellers. So, Shelby, welcome to our show. Hi, Vic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really delighted to have you. I've heard some really great things, and I've kind of stalked you a little bit on your website, and it's a beautiful website, and I just want to hear more about what you're all about. So, as founder and designer, tell me about your role there at Forest Dweller. Well, I appreciate that. So we've been making custom furniture since 2014. We founded it out of my garage. So it was, you know, kind of small, humble beginnings there. And then as we needed the space and, you know, the help, we've grown. And we're on our, I think, fourth shop now in oh Troy. My. We moved about a year and a half ago. <laughs> and we're really proud of a lot of the stuff we've gotten to do. So. Well, that's exciting. And, you know, what I think is really interesting that's a path of growth that not a lot of new businesses can boast about. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing all about that. But tell me, has this always been in your heart? And is it kind of something that came real natural to you? Or was there somebody that said, hey, come over here, let me show you how this works? You know, it was kind of a self-finding, but it did take a while. I definitely grew up, you know, tinkering. I grew up in a family that, you know, was good with their hands. But I didn't have a lot of experience until I was in college and after college. And I was actually considering going to grad school and kind of taking some time. And I just started messing around in actually the basement of my apartment building, <laughs> making a couple things for gifts for friends and yeah. things like that, filling awkward spaces in my apartment that you could, you know, never actually make use of with yeah. anything store-bought. Well, improving uh, your design capabilities right there. be going, hey, I could do something with that, right? Exactly. And just kind of slowly started to realize that like it was all, you know, kind of possible with, uh, you know, with patience and a little bit of care. So, well, that's kind of fun. You know, you had me a little nervous when you said apartment. I'm picturing the sound of circular saws and hammers, but maybe it was more modest when you were in the apartment, maybe. It was more modest, and I had friendly neighbors, luckily. <laughs> uh, but it was definitely a short-lived living situation. Absolutely. Well, friendly neighbors are always a plus, especially if you're starting a business in your home. So, well, Shelby, where did you grow up? Where's home for you? I grew up in West Bloomfield, kind of Wald Lake area. Oh, yeah. Uh, beautiful area. Yeah, went to Wald Lake schools, spent most of my life there. My mom's still out that way. My brother actually was out that way until about a week ago when he moved to Wisconsin. Oh, um, well, that's sad. That's too far away. <laughs> <laughs> excited for him. Though. Well, good. Um, that's good. But yeah, you know, Metro Detroit definitely moved out to Ferndale when I was 20 and has kind of been around the area ever since. Well, and so I guess I got to ask this question. You're now making money doing this. At least I hope you are. My thinking is, what was the first piece that you sold? that was kind of the epiphany that said, maybe I can do something with this. Honestly, even that took a minute. So yeah. when we started, we were definitely part of kind of like the, you know, homegrown kind of Etsy boom where you were kind of trying to figure oh, stuff yeah. out, kind yep. of finding your place. And we did that for a couple of years. And honestly, we're very surprised because we weren't working with anyone locally. So we actually kind of tried to transition what we were doing. Like we were working with local people, but they were finding us online and they had no idea we were local to them. Oh. Uh, so we kind of re, you know, oriented and kind of started to look at working with people near us. And also, again, you know, coming from this idea of you were making it by hand, you were making it custom. We had a lot more flexibility in being able to have those conversations and really getting people what they were looking for. And that kind of really kind of lined up for us. People looking for a certain quality and also a certain fit and really needing to be able to work directly with someone to make so that So it does beg the question, Shelby, did you start out doing some highly customized items? Is that at the very beginning? So for the most part, what we've done is had kind of some standard designs that maybe like I originally made for, you know, my space or I made for a friend. And then we're able to kind of see from that, well, you know, usually these 
people seem to like these bigger or people seem to like these taller or things like that. So we've really done kind of custom sizing is how we started making maybe, you know, my small apartment didn't have a giant flat screen TV. So all of a sudden the TV (laughs) console that I was shipping to Los Angeles was three times the size of the one in my apartment. So kind of starting to realize that that alone was helpful. And then since then, we do have, you know, a standard line and we make a lot of made to order items, but we also still do full custom, full bespoke pieces for people, whether they're trying to, again, fit a certain area or show something specific off or, you know, really be able to give a wonderful gift or, you know, the list kind of goes on. Well, you know, honestly, and maybe I need to correct this, but I don't have one of your pieces here to look at. But as I think about what I see in terms of your website and in terms of what I'm hearing from you is it feels like you have a certain demand for quality that we're not talking about stuff that falls out of a box at Ikea. We're talking about some very significantly well-made items, right? Is that kind of where your heart is? Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of manufacturing and things like that have taken kind of a downturn in the last few decades. Mm -hmm. I think we can all see that, whether that's furniture or clothing or, you know, everything that you get very frustrated breaks on the second use because it was fully made of plastic. So furniture is one of those things that 100 years ago, you had a table for your whole life and it was probably your father's table and it would then be your son's table. And we really switched to this kind of fashion idea where, you know, with clothing, you switch it out by the season. And with furniture, you switch it out every couple of years. Well, you can only do that if you're buying things that are made of, you know, glorified cardboard. (laughs) We've really tried to kind of go on the other end of that and say, you know, figure out what you want, have that conversation, get something that's, you know, timeless and it's going to last. But the quality, you know, is going to far surpass anything else on that. And it just comes down to using a certain amount of traditional techniques and then, you know, quality materials and taking your time and making sure that you're not cutting those corners that can make it have a shorter life. Well, Shelby, we're really glad you're here to share your story and tell us all about Forest Dweller. It's going to be an exciting conversation we're going to have. I'm so glad you joined us today. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown. I am so delighted to have with us today Shelby Holzman. She is the founder and designer of Forest Dweller. And that's a great company that we're learning about. And Shelby, as you join us here today, I'm interested in that early beginnings. You make me smile when you said it started basically in your apartment. But tell me how quickly and what were some of those early moves that took you from the apartment into a little bit more, shall we say, legit or larger manufacturing type facility? Well, I think For us, a lot of that was just slow, sustainable growth. I mean, we really did have a focus on quality and we knew that we needed to be kind of leveling up as we went to make sure that we were doing it, you know, as best as we could. And for me, even just the path of learning meant, you know, every day kind of opening my eyes to better ways we could be doing it or more efficient ways we could be doing it or just making sure we could, you know, ensure something that we were able to say was going to last. And that wasn't a matter of months. That was a matter of, you know, decades and reflecting and being able to grow and do better when we could. So we started, or I should say I started in my apartment. We 
you know, moved to the garage when we had to. We moved into the basement that first winter, and I remember I had to make a dining room table, and we couldn't even get it out of the house. Oh, no! So we, <laughs> we knew that spring that if we wanted to keep doing this, we needed a little bit of a bigger space, and we needed to be able to, you know, fill that space with stuff. So that was definitely kind of our shift into, all right, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Yeah, I'm smiling right now. I worked for a large firm here in my past career, and one of the things they did is they bought a new board table, and the person that was hand-making the table from Cherrywood, it was a beautiful, massive table for seating for, I think, 30-plus people. So it was a big, big table, but the gentleman ended up changing the design from what was initially provided to him. Well, the engineers that put the whole concept together took into consideration the stairwells that that table had to come up. And so it was a massive issue for that big old finished table to finally get taken apart and brought into the building where it had to go. So I'm laughing when I'm thinking when you get your first table done in your basement and you're coming up going, ruh what do we do now? We've got issues. So, But, you know, that's the whole challenge with early businesses that start out. There are some challenges and there's some things, everything from suppliers to designs to, you know, being able to put it together and get it out the door and do it in a quality way. Any of those early days that were significant learning moments for you? I think you kind of nailed it on the head with just, you know, the turns and having things you didn't expect and then finding them and realizing you needed to expect them next time. So just in the name of delivery, only a few years in, honestly, we made a 30-foot co-working table for the Tech Town space downtown. And that was, yeah, between engineering and they had to reinforce the floor and making sure it broke down in enough pieces that we could actually move it with, you know, human beings. Everyone is definitely a, you know, full hearing thought and then the actual execution. We've had conference tables need to be cut in half upon delivery because someone was wrong about this logistic. We've had tables go through, you know, 10-story windows because there was no way they were going to come up the building. So there's definitely those curveballs that make you just kind of step back, breathe, and go, well, I'll know next time. (laughs) Well, i got to believe that when a product goes out your door, you're probably pretty proud of it. It's probably got some polished finishing touches on it that just look immaculate. And then for you to have to swing it through an open window a couple stories up or take it apart to try to get it where it's got to go. That's got to be a cringeworthy moment for you. There are definitely moments where I turn away, and there are definitely moments where I'm glad that I, you know, certain times we've been responsible and certain times we've been able to, you know, kind of sign off on it. Right, right. I'm thinking if you just don't don't look at it, it won't go bad. (laughs) Turn away, turn away. (laughs) Well, hey, you know, so Shelby, tell me, I'm just fascinated by people that are good with their hands and have done this, probably kind of out of the left field, question here, but tell me about the materials you're using, because you've got to find suppliers, you've got to find quality products. I happen to know here in north of Lansing, there's a veneer company. I took a tour of that facility one time, and they literally have logs that have come in from all over the world, and some of them were thousands and thousands of dollars for, you know, an eight-foot, ten-foot log, and so interesting where do you get the right supplies and how do you put that all together when you're up and coming? Because nobody wants to talk to a little bitty shop. They want all the big customers. Absolutely. So I think a lot of it is kind of doing your own groundwork. You know, we have partnerships that we've had from the beginning. Like we work with a lot of our hardwoods we get from General Hardwoods in Detroit. And, you know, the first couple of years it was me going with my van and, you know, picking out a couple pieces and, <laughs> you know, Jeff and Ryan who run it were great, but, you know, we've been able to kind of transition to them bringing, you know, a flatbread once a month instead, which wow. is, you know, so 
it's kind of a little bit of, you know, building those relationships and kind of understanding your small fish and, you know, being able to be respectful and know that there's, you know, certainly things to learn there, but that, you know, hopefully you'll, if you make a good connection, you get to be one of their bigger fish one day. Well, that's the whole point is that you're all about going somewhere and you want to go on the journey with us. And we're glad, Shelby, you're going on the journey with us today. We're hearing all about your journey down at Forest Dwellers. And so, of course, you've tuned in right here to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'll be right back. Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. And we're back right here on Leadership Lowdown. We found Shelby Holzman. She is the founder and designer for Forest Dweller. And we're grateful for the time we're allowed to have today with her. And I want to make sure I kind of go back to our segment before we go too far. You know, in this last segment, we talked about some of the wood and some of the development of suppliers and that kind of thing. But, you know, wood is an interesting thing because you can use some pretty cheap wood and stain it pretty. Or you can use some pretty nice wood and it stains up to be really gorgeous. So tell me, how do you figure out the price point and what kind of woods you want to use? Is that a customer decision or is that kind of your advice through all the years of experience you have? I think it's definitely a combination. I mean, depending on what the customer is looking for, we work primarily with hardwoods and domestic hardwoods at that. And depending on kind of what you're looking for, if you know enough about wood, you know, walnut or cherry looks a lot different than a red or a white oak. So a lot of it's just, you know, kind of final coloration, final feeling, even just, you know, it's definitely a conversation with customer and finding what is most appropriate, both for what they're looking for and also for what they're trying to build. Yeah. And I think some of that has got to be every once in a while, at least I know when I've built things, I've cut it wrong or I've done it wrong. And next thing you know, I've got a scrap piece of wood. It seems like in your world, you can't afford to make a whole lot of mistakes because there goes the profit, right? Absolutely. So, you know, anything we buy is also comes in much larger pieces or much, you know, different size pieces than even our final project. So that is also part of the conversation. One of the types of wood we work with actually is live edge wood, which if you're familiar, usually comes in, you know, pretty much very large pieces that are entire slices of a tree rather than broken down smaller into boards. And these pieces, you know, often I'll have a customer, for example, where they're making a 10 foot maybe dining room table and the tree itself will come at 12, 13 feet. And they'll be surprised. And I always say, well, trees are tall. So we have a little bit of extra here. And we do have, you know, a little bit of say, but we also have the opportunity to kind of make something very complimentary because of that. And the wood is usually so beautiful. It's really hard to imagine it ever ending up in the scrap pile. We do usually make the most of almost everything we bring up. That's where the designer in you comes out to make sure that we don't lose too much scrap, right? Well, tell me, you've learned a lot 
But it sounds like you have to be able to have solid employees around you that can help maybe learn from you as you're moving forward. Tell me about how you pick employees and how you develop them in your organization. Well, over the years, we've definitely needed different things. We have mainly a wood shop, but we have a small metal shop. So kind of bringing in different skill sets has been important and being able to bring in people who kind of everybody else can learn from and, you know, kind of a different side of things, whether you're from more of a construction or a rough carpentry or maybe more of a fine woodworking or metalworking background. All of those, you know, backgrounds lend different timings and different, you know, emphasis on different aspects of the job. And that can all, you know, add to our plate and add to what we're able to do. We definitely learn from each other constantly. And there's also a lot of just kind of older individuals in the community that have been wonderful. There's a store in Birmingham that sells power tools that is owned by a guy named Jeff, who is just cream of the crop and has been giving advice to just about anybody who's needed it for probably 40 years. Uh. So he's definitely filled in some gaps for us. But in the shop, yeah, a lot of times we'll end up hiring seasonally. And a lot of the people we hire have been doing this a little bit on their own. And so they're starting to dabble. They're starting to learn. Or maybe they have a few years of background in it. But we are able to offer, you know, I guess more people that are able to chime in and give advice and also, you know, give feedback and then access to equipment and things like that that help you do a better job. You know, it really is kind of maybe hard to make something really nice if you're starting with bare bone tools and things like that. So it kind of frees you up to be able to succeed. And even when you fail, be able to get something from that and therefore be more successful next time. Well, it's so interesting to me because, you know, these things just don't fall together. I mean, when I think of fit and finish in your world, it really matters because these are up close and tight, you know, tolerance, you know, we're off by a quarter inch or a half inch when we're building skyscrapers, probably not a big deal, but we're building fine furniture pieces that are going to be in somebody's home that they're going to look at every day. It's got to be right. And so trying to get people aligned to have your skill sets and your expectation of, I want to say perfection, but let's go with excellence. So with that, I'm reminded the old story of Mrs. Fields, who is a chocolate cookie manufacturer and she was out visiting one of her retail stores and one of the young people had burned the cookies but put them in the showcase anyways and was going to sell them and she got around back of the showcase which really wasn't hers it was a franchise and she pulled those cookies out and dumped them all in the trash because it was her brand it was her name that was connected to that and she wanted to make sure it was right in many of the same ways you've got a brand and a name that you're trying to protect so when you have people that are working good enough never is right well i mean absolutely that's been something i've been very careful over the years to almost curate kind of our professional appearance. And a lot of that simply comes from, it's been a long game. You know, a lot of the customers that I work with now, I met five years ago, you know, and they weren't ready or they weren't confident enough or they weren't, you know, sure enough that that was what they wanted. So us being able to consistently do good work and consistently give good customer feedback and customer support and really stand by what we're doing has enabled us to continue to do it. So a lot of times when we're, you know, working with someone new or we've got someone in our shop that is there is a, you know, period of time where they're learning the ropes and you're starting to kind of trust their own ability to provide their own feedback and be, you know, not self-critical but self-reflective on that. A lot of things we're doing were, you know, teaching skill sets. So if I'm showing you how to do this on this one project, I want you to be able to take that skill and see how it applies to this and that as well. So a lot of times it's just it's also teaching ways of seeing things. That being said, we've had some of the sillier mistakes that we've had happen have actually turned into 
kind of weird learning curve. <laughs> you know, like you're right. Like there's a lot of things that we do that we're, you know, in many ways striving for perfection or striving for excellence. And there's a quote that I think is very common about, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing well. And there's another quote that's actually anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And that just comes down to sometimes you get so stuck in that perfectionism that you don't launch. Oh. And a lot of the things we've been able to do are because we, you know, maybe did it in the shop or we did it, you know, in a way that did fail. But because of that, we learned enough that we were able to feel confident doing it. I love it. it. Well, we're learning. Someone else's money, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, we're learning a lot from you today, Shelby. We're so grateful you're with us right here on the Leadership Lowdown. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. something to grow it takes time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life And we're back right here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and we've got Shelby Holzman. She is the founder and the designer for Forest Dweller, which is a great little company that's going great places and doing great things. And as I think about some of the challenges and things that as business families, I just a few weeks ago on the show, we put a family that's been in business for over 100 years, fourth generation coming along. That's a great story. But Shelby, in your world, that's not the case. You didn't come from a family that was doing taking risk and everything else. So you're a little bit off the original path. Tell me, how does it feel being out there and taking some risk? It's definitely been an interesting journey. I've definitely, you know, come from people that have always kind of tried to do their own thing. But I think the, in terms of my own journey, even the business aspect of it came later. I think I liked what I was doing and I wanted to be able to do it. And I realized that the only way you can do that is if you work for yourself and you kind of create something for yourself. So many of the lessons of business in terms of you know, actually making sure what you're doing is, you know, what the customer wants and all that, you know, the kind of alignment things that are kind of a hard game. Definitely hit a little hard a couple of years in, but it's definitely been very interesting to align what we're doing to make sure that we, you know, are actually meeting a need and filling a void rather than, you know, just getting to make pretty things for ourselves. Well, and so tell me, when it comes time to, you're in your own situation, you're starting to grow a little bit. When do you as a business person know it's time to hire that first employee? Because that, to me, it's one thing to say, I can eat macaroni and cheese and make it. But it's another thing to say, I got a payroll to make. And so that's got to be quite a moment in time as a new business person to be able to do something like that. Can you share that first moment with us? Well, it's definitely kind of a weighing of your decision on that and, you know, weighing the two sides. For us, making things to order means we have, you know, a turnaround time. And as soon as our turnaround time gets too long, or I really don't think that I'm going to be able to hit that anymore, it's a sure sign that we're a little bit understaffed. On the other hand, on more of a conventional level, we make a lot of really heavy things. So (laughs) it's not easy to be understaffed (laughs) in our shop, even if we're slow. So (laughs) that's always been kind of a thing, is having a body or two around to be able to just generally help and make sure everything's going smoothly and nobody's 
straining themselves or doing something that they really do need a second person for has been kind of a cue in and probably has guided us to make those choices maybe earlier than we were ready for. But at the same time, that's been, you know, kind of helped us along. Yeah. And of course, the other thing that I think is interesting when we talk manufacturing, you know, you get into a different world too, because now it's one thing, you know, where you're at, you know, where somebody else is at, if they're holding the other end of the board or whatever you're working on. But I'm just wondering, there's a safety issue that comes into play too. When you decide that you're going to have somebody else, you can't have anybody that isn't paying attention and not horsing around because you don't want any dangerous things for yourself or them, right? Absolutely. That was definitely one of the big moments of like leveling up as a business owner was going from it being, you know, me and my garage to realizing I needed, you know, liability insurance and I needed workers comp and all this because we were in an industry where people could be hurt, where, you know, people needed to be paying attention, where, you know, everybody, you know, needed to be on the ball on that one. So that's definitely been part of us, you know, hiring and understanding people are a good fit. And also, again, you know, me feeling sometimes like a bit of a mother hen, making sure that, you know, all my kids or my ducklings are safe here. Yeah. <laughs> um, even our latest, you know, shop move that had a lot to do with it because we, had always been in one big space where when we had customers come by, they would walk right into our space, which is not necessarily safe for them, but the surprise value was actually kind of dangerous for us. So it was very important for us to then be able to later have an actual separate showroom so those spaces are separate enough that nobody's yes. getting surprised when they're cutting something, you know, precariously. Well, and when you're cutting something, I got to believe it's fairly loud. So you're probably wearing ear protection of some sort. And so anybody walking up beside you or behind you, that's got to startle you, I would think, right? So you've got to have a little bit different process rather than just a wide open frontier. And in your scenario, in today's world, do you have then a manufacturing area now with a showroom? We do. So we moved to a space in Troy about two years ago this April. And so we have an actual, you know, front showroom. And then we've got a full, you know, workshop in the back that we able to have, you know, a steel door between, able to have those nice and separated <laughs> for our sake. Also, the dust and the mess is also kind of curtailed to the back. Which is yeah. Issue before. So, yeah, it's been wonderful to kind of do both of those worlds without, you know, me having to ask somebody to turn something down while I'm talking to a customer. It's nice of course. Well, and I have to say, Shelby, how incredible it is in today's world, especially when everything comes in a box, you can walk into a showroom and know that the people that made what you're looking at are working on the next batch behind you, and it's not assembling it. It's sawing it, sanding it, putting it all together, and making it beautiful. And of course, we're just grateful that somebody like you is here in Michigan doing great things, starting your own business, and doing wonderful all along the way. Shelby, we're glad you're with us here on the Leadership lowdown we're glad you tuned in to the michigan business network we'll be right back
office. Managing your office supplies is key to a seamlessly functioning business. With over 90,000 items available for free next day delivery and no minimum order, DBI can solve all your office supply needs from pencils to coffee at the very best value. Call DBI and ask a sales representative to show you their product offerings or visit dbiyes.com and request a product catalog. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. And we're back right here on Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. I just love it when I have a chance to meet people like Shelby Holzman. She is the founder and designer of Forest Dweller, which is an amazing little company that's going great places, going great guns, and I'm really excited about unpacking their story. But there's probably one thing that almost maybe goes without being said, but it is kind of a bit of a marble for me. I think of people in this business, Shelby, and a lot of them are men. And I think about when I would walk into a shop hearing a skill saw running, I'm probably not looking up and expecting to see a woman at the other end of that skill saw. Tell me, has that been challenging for you? Has there been anybody that's maybe inappropriately chuckled at what you were trying to get done? You know, it's definitely been a mixed bag. I've definitely had, you know, site visits or visits to customers' homes where we had only exchanged emails before and they definitely didn't expect me. And I was you know, maybe thought of to be a middleman that they didn't really want to be dealing with rather than <laughs> the person that they did want to be dealing yeah, with. Wait so, a minute, I'm the owner. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Do I want to continue this conversation? <laughs> so there's definitely been some of that. I mean, it has gone very hand in hand with just kind of a generational thing where to say that I mean to say, you know, we didn't have shop classes or anything like that in my high school. You know, that was right, kind of right. by the wayside. So as a woman, you know, I wasn't exposed to a lot of that, but most of my generation wasn't either. So that's been kind of interesting and realizing there is a bit of a gap there. I do know, you know, there's lots of people doing great things about it and the internet for a lot of people and certainly, you know, marginalized groups has been a wonderful source of meeting people like themselves and meeting people doing things like themselves and getting information and finding community. I know there's, I was interviewed last year by a woman, Katie Thompson. She runs Women of Woodworking and her whole thing is she has a couple of different avenues to do that, but she makes a point of interviewing and speaking to women and non-binary folks about their journeys and about Mm. their experiences just as a way of, you know, I guess, showing that, you know, it does come in all shapes and sizes. Mm. And, you know, especially with things that are creative or with art, you know, you really miss a lot of voices if you only look to a certain segment to hear them. Well, and you've got to be the person of the year for them. When I think about women in woodworking, I think it's so cool. And I'm just really excited because you're exactly right. I just love it when we crush expectations and what our former norms, because we oftentimes put a lot of things in a box that don't belong in a box. They need to be really given an opportunity for success. So I commend you, honestly, Shelby, for taking on your passion and look at where you ended up doing great things in a great way in what in all too often is a man's world. And I think that's just exciting for me to meet your acquaintance and to be a part of this. So when I think about this whole process, what I wonder, you mentioned you've got a showroom and do you personally spend time in that showroom yourself to step out and meet the public and talk to them about the pieces that you have available for sale? Absolutely. So pretty much since COVID, you know, as is everything, we've been doing our showroom visits by appointment only. Okay. Uh, But we are there Monday through Friday. And that definitely lets us kind of, you know, set aside a time to 
talk with people. From the very beginning, one of the things we realized is a big part of our job is customer education. Mm. People come to us and they understand, you know, that they want something of quality and that they want something that's solid wood. But that's where that ends and that's where that should end. So it's kind of our job to, you know, guide them along then and say, well, starting there, you know, we have these options, we work with these woods, you know, these are the effects of certain things. These are, you know, kind of the options we have. And our showroom definitely allows us the opportunity to show off some of the stuff that we've done and give examples and also give good examples of those various species. And, you know, that's where we keep all the samples of, you know, kind of the options if you do want something you're not looking at. And because it's directly attached to the shop, it usually ends up leading to kind of like a little bit of a tour. So you get to see, you know, (laughs) yeah, you you know, everybody kind of warned and, you know, aware, you know, we're coming in kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, it's the old adage. You want to come to where we put the stuff together? No, let's go back here where we make the stuff. Big difference. Big difference. (laughs) They put it together in the back of Walmart to put it on the display case. But here in your situation, you're making it from scratch. I just think that's such an amazing story and such an amazing opportunity. Do need to ask the question, if somebody comes in and says, you know, I like this, but I'm just not feeling blah, blah, blah. Can you make blah, blah, blah into a custom event for them? Is that something you're willing to do? Almost always. So most of the projects that we have, like our things in our showroom serve as inspiration and as examples in terms of changing the color and changing the sizing and all of that. It's pretty much, you know, whatever you can think of. Our job is to, you know, kind of curtail and say, you know, well, actually wood is an organic material and you need to work with it a certain way. And if I, you know, try to put a hundred foot tabletop on that 30 inch pedestal, it isn't going to work, you know, but anything between here and there is, you know, we are definitely open to having this conversation. Yeah. Well, I just think it's so cool. You know, look, I know this is a new business for you. I know that you're a cutting edge female in the business of what typically has been a man's assembly world and putting it all together. But man, are you on the cutting edge and doing some great things and using all your skill sets that God's given you. I think this is so cool and what a great opportunity it is for us to hear your story right here on the Leadership Lowdown. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero with Shelby Holzman. We'll be right back. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Final segment right here with Shelby Holzman. I'm so sad it's coming to an end because we've had such an engaging conversation about what I think is a very accomplished person that's done a great job in a business that isn't easy and any business in today's world isn't easy. And to have a manufacturing business right here in Southeast Michigan, it's an exciting spot in the world. And I'm thinking about, again, this showroom opportunity. Tell me again, where's your current showroom that you're located at? Where's it at? So we are in Troy. We are at about John R. and Maple on Larchwood in Troy. 
And yeah, we have a small front showroom that we've got a couple examples of dining room tables, end tables, coffee tables, shelving, a bedroom set, a couple of desks, you know, pretty much you name it. And so uh, you mentioned it's by appointment only. Tell me about how that works. Do I need to go online to make an appointment or is it a phone call? How's that work? You can make an appointment through our website, which is forestdwellerfurniture.com. But yeah, pretty much you just call us up. And usually you'll speak to me and I'd be happy to set up a time to have you by. We also get emails all the time, either at hello at forestwellerfurniture.com. I think that's so cool. Now, I have to ask you, it doesn't feel like that you have a showroom and a manufacturing area and then a massive warehouse where you've got thousands of pieces already made up sitting to be sold. Uh, Am I right? So if I come in and I have this appointment with you and I pick out the table I want, is that something you're going to say, great, we'll start putting that together for you? Or is there inventory that you're going to have available? So we do have, again, examples in our showroom and things like that. And there are certain items that we do make in small batches. So we have you know, a few available, but more often than not, our products are made to order. So even if you're you know, seeing something that we've made before and you're very fond of, you do still have options in terms of final sizing and finish and things like that, because we are going to make it just for you. Yeah. Um, so depending on what that piece, we're usually between about eight to 12 weeks out, which is usually enough time for people to, you know, kind of figure out what they want and get maybe the rest of that room done or whatnot if it's an actual construction situation. But yeah, it usually does take a little bit of time. Well, the other thing that I'm curious about, you mentioned last segment, I think it was, where, yeah, that top won't go on that base or whatever. Is there some elements of engineering that you have to figure out as you're designing these pieces? Because to the point, it needs to hold up and there might be stress points that look pretty, but it has to be made in a way that's going to be good for your brand and your reputation, right? Absolutely. That's both in terms of making sure it is engineered in a way that it is, you know, strong enough and not going to tip and all of those details. But solid wood is also a very kind of finicky product. It continues to move and change through the seasons. So wood tends to shrink in the winter and expand in the summer. So anything we do has to take that into account. A lot of times when you'll see an older wood table and it has a split right down the middle, that's because it wasn't built in a way that let it do that. So eventually it caused too much stress and it just split. So our knowledge then meets, you know, our expertise and what the customer wants and making sure that we're kind of all in agreement that we're going to be able to make something that's going to be beautiful and last and also be made in a way that is supportive of that design. Tell me, Shelly, did you learn that the hard way? Because it feels like years ago I had a hardwood floor and I patched the hardwood floor all up and put some compound between. And anyways, the bottom line is because when the winter everything would dry out and shrink and in the summer it would expand and it just is what it was. But to your point, you're building something and all of a sudden the client calls you and says, hey, I got a crack. Is that something you learned or did somebody tap you and say, here's how this works? That was luckily something that I learned early on. You know, as we started doing this, I was definitely learning along the way. And it's very interesting to get into a field where some of the knowledge has been around for two, three, four hundred years. And they've been doing it the same. There's a reason they've been doing it that way. So luckily, (laughs) the industry is pretty fluid with like, you know, as an understanding but definitely how it has affected things 
every build is a little bit different and it is something that we have to kind of keep in the back of our mind. Well, and it's just not an easy thing when I think about, you know, my lack of success in doing what you do is almost breathtaking. So I think about how accomplished you are and about the ability to not only do it and do it in such a way that it's such a fine, high-end item. Tell me about price points before we run out of time. Is this something that financially you only serve an exclusive top end of the market because it's such a local customized kind of thing or are there price points you can work with us you know it doesn't tend to be the most entry-level thing but i think it depends on what you're looking for we definitely serve you know very high-end clientele occasionally but more often than not it's just people that really do want a solid wood you know solidly built table and you can't go too much lower than where we're at for something like that it really does come down to the pricing of the materials and the pricing of the skill set you know, it's somewhat universal. So if you're looking for, you know, actual price points on that, I would say, you know, our dining room tables probably start around three grand, depending on the size. But, you know, I've made ones that have gone over 10 grand, depending on kind of the details. Sure, of course. So full bedroom sets are anywhere between, you know, again, five and 10, depending on, you know, what the details are. So we definitely do have ways of working with people's budgets and, you know, doing maybe specialty things that come with more of an upcharge or, you know, back to, you know, the basics of just, you know, solid construction and long lasting without more of the frills. Um, I love it. So we do work in quite the range there. Well, it's interesting. I have a dear friend of mine who she shared with me years and years and years ago. She said, look, buy quality furniture. It lasts. It's an investment and it will be something you'll have for years and years. And when you think of it in that terms, you might buy a family heirloom table for five, six, seven thousand dollars, whatever it might be, but it's going to be in your family for all those years and hand it down a generation. That's a pretty nice trade off in terms of cash that we seem to be able to spend pretty quickly. So I just love it. Shelby, I can't thank you enough. You are an impressive person. I'm so glad to have met your acquaintance and so glad you joined us. Thank you. Well, Vic, I appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Well, it's glad to have you, Shelby, here, and it's so glad that you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. I can't wait to talk to you next time.